All right. Sports Dev, welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us. My main man, Mike, is back. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Much appreciated. You're welcome, bro. I know, I know it's early in California. Um, so, as usual, Sports Dev is brought to you by Aroa Baobab Fruit Powder, um, natural fruit powder taken from the Baobab fruit out of African countries. It's um, arguably one of the most nutritious substances on the planet. Six times the vitamin C of oranges, more potassium than bananas. Extremely nutritious. Can be used in smoothies, yogurt, salads. Great product. Check it out on arewabaobab.com. That's A-R-E-W-A-B-A-O-B-A-B.com. All right. My man, we have an election coming up. Uh, NFF, Nigeria Football Federation elections. I think it's September 30th, right? Um, well, it was scheduled for September 30th, but you, I don't know if you're aware, the court has suspended the uh, election until further notice because of um, certain issues. One could just say the issue is that they live in Nigeria, but certain other <laughs> issues that um, I feel like, I think we should discuss those issues, actually, before even get, the, the candidates. Let's get into those, you know, yeah, what, what, what issues, what? All right, so um, I would advise anyone listening, if you are, and even yourself, if you haven't, to read Shagun Odegbami's um, treatise or treatise on the problems besetting the NFF in electing new leadership. Right? And he, and again, I'm not going to say this is Bible, but Shagun Odegbami is close to the um, to what the happenings in football in Nigeria. He hasn't. His opinions haven't always been met with 100% uh, acceptance. For example, he was one of the people that kept calling for Gennett Raw to get fired, and uh, which wasn't a bad thing in itself, but just the timing of things was wrong, as we've seen so far. But also, you know, trying to get – he supported the um, inclusion of Joseph Yobo mm -hmm. into the NFF coaching staff without any experience. So those are some of the things uh, without any certification. So some of the things that people have talked about Shagun Degmami and they'll still point to as don't listen to him. But at the same time, despite all those drawbacks, there's some pertinent things, key notes that he always hits. One of them is, like I said, detailing this issue we have in the NFF where candidacy for, um, for being a member or election into NFF presidency is sort of a closed process. Right. It is a process and the bylaws of the NFF have made it such that the only people who can really, really be um, elected as NFF presidents are the FA state chairman. So because the way it's set up is that these FA, the people on the board, which is made up of FA state chairman, are the ones that are responsible for voting. For the most part, they have they have the majority of the block in voting. And for the most part, all the other statues they have in the NFF sort of make it difficult for somebody from the outside to just walk in and say, I, I declare his candidacy for president. You know, one of the things that is plaguing Nigeria is that uh, when you look at a lot of these FA chairmen, they are political appointments. They're appointments of guys who don't really know anything much about the sport, quite frankly. When you look at their achievements in the states, it's nothing to write home about. As we know, majority of these candidates or majority of the candidates we've had in the past are candidates that um, pretty much go in there for self-interest. 
they look at it as a way to, you know, self-aggrandizement, to step up in the ladder, embezzle money, and do all kinds of stuff. And the good old boy network of FA state chairman who only elect one of theirs because what ends up happening is that the candidates will promise certain things. And basically, it's just like voting in night. It's just like a, 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 the election process to appoint candidates for offices in APC, PDP, and all these political parties we have, where we all see that it's just a money bag affair. And so that's Correct. what these elections have turned into, a money bag affairs, where the person with the most money buys all the um, buys a lot of the, the votes from the electorate and basically people who are supposed to uh, be a part of be a part of the um, the process have it compromised. Do we want to acknowledge Mr. Ajayi? <laughs> or should I continue? But in any case, once he gets that was Mr. Ajayi gets that I'll loop him in. Another so issue the, that it seems that Mr. Odengmami was um, was pointing, alluding to also is uh, in, in as much as we we want to open the race. Oh, these some, there's some bylaws in the NFF statute that is causing some issues of legitimacy, which is why you have you always have these issues where during elections or after the elections somebody steps up and challenges legally. The last time it was Diwa that challenge and just drugged the whole situation to a mess where football took the backstage and it seemed like it was just always one losses or the other, one court injunction or the other as to who the NFL, real NFL president was or is. And so what Mr. Odegmami was suggesting was that, look, we need to, we need to resolve these issues first before we even talk about getting a new NFL president. That's number one. We need to make sure that these bylaws which can be changed by the, the sitting Congress of the NFF at any time. These bylaws need to be changed so that the, um, there's more transparency and there's also an open feel in terms of who can run for these elections. No, absolutely. Before we continue. Hey, Wally, thank you for coming on Sports Development Series. Much appreciated. For those people that don't know, um, uh, Adewale Ajayi is a former employee of the Nigerian Football Federation in charge of media and publicity. And Wally, please correct me if I, if I miss anything. But um, he has a vast amount of experience um, in Nigerian football with the Federation. He also is familiar with all the people running for the office uh, of the next um, NFF president. And as Mike mentioned, the elections were have been put on hold by a judge uh, indefinitely. So we're currently trying to discuss. And uh, Wally, uh, Mike was just pointing out an article written by former Super Eagles great um, uh, Shego Dewami, highlighting that the bylaws need to be changed to allow for more, uh, op more involvement in the election um i don't I, I don't know if you want to jump in and kind of talk about your experience and what you you know so far yeah i i want to thank you guys for for giving me the opportunity to come on set and um i want to say that um my name is adewali ajayi i was the media officer of the under 20 national team of nigeria i was the media officer of the team the team that had the likes of uh, victor Osimen the likes of Samuel Chukwizi, the likes of the likes of uh, Ojo Konkwa, um, so so many of those big stars. 
Um, most of those of those players are now in the Super Eagles of Nigeria. And of course, I've worked with the NFL for the, for more than 10 years. I I know virtually everybody involved in Nigerian football today. We have wined and we have dined together. So I seem to know their personality. I seem to know what they've got to bring to the table. And I know what they have got to offer. So now, we're talking about um, changing the bylaws, trying to improve to improve the laws. And um, look, let me explain a few things. Um, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to amend the constitution of the NFL. You don't just wake up overnight and say, I want you guys to amend the constitution. There are processes involved. First and foremost, you need to invite the 44 delegates. We have 44 delegates of the NFL. Those 44 delegates make up the Congress of the NFL. Now, if you need to get the Congress of the NFL to sit. There are procedures involved. In the first place, you need to give them time. At least, in fact, in FIFA rules, it says there's always going to be a six-month notice. Six-month notice for the Congress to sit, to decide on issues like this. So what it means, too, is that if eventually the Congress sits, they will involve CAF, they will involve FIFA, and they will tell FIFA and CAF that this is our decision. FIFA and CAF will look at the decision and come back and say, okay, we are okay with the decision that has been taken. You guys can go ahead and we are okay by it. You understand? But beyond that, uh, within, there are things that can be done. You understand? If you don't want to go through those processes, you can always do what we call a bylaw. You can simply sit around it and say, okay, look, uh, we don't have time. Um, we have, um, we have, we can... We can call the um, the the NFF uh, executive committee can say we want to take a decision. We want to amend the constitution. We'll quickly pass it to the Congress. They will call an emergency Congress. You understand? They will quickly call an emergency Congress and say we cannot do the six month waiting. We want this thing to be done urgently. So under this situation, they can do it urgently, and that is what the likes of Aris Injala, the likes of Barry Bote, and others are begging. Say okay. Let's do this urgently. We don't have time. Get this Congress to sit down urgently and take a decision. You understand? But because it doesn't favor the NFL, it doesn't favor those that are running for the position, they will not want to do an urgent one. They want to do it the long way. They will tell you, no, 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 we have FIFA. We need to take it to FIFA. We need to take it to CAF. We need to go through the normal processes. You understand? But these guys, the likes of Aris Jala and... And Barry Bote knows that they can do it in one week. They can do it in one month. They know that the processes can be done through an emergency Congress. You understand? So now, we they, do they have time for an emergency Congress? They had time before now. They would have done that before now. But they refuse to do it because everybody have personal agendas. You understand? That is why they refuse to go through that process. Now, what they are waiting for is... Oh, no, the election is here. The election is the 30th of September. We don't have time. Let's go do the election. After the election, we cannot amend the, we cannot amend the Constitution. You understand? <laughs> to bring everybody in. who we'll amend it and give you guys. But now the guys are also looking at another loophole. There's a, there's a loophole in the status which, sta which states that even before the election, we can say, okay, you guys, what do you want? Let's sit down and let's We'll make the law. We'll do the bylaw. But we will not amend the constitution till after the election. You understand? So the guys are saying, 
even on the floor of the Congress, you know the Congress, there's a, there a Congress that leads to the election on the 30th. Now, mm -hmm. on that day of the election, we have the 44 delegates seated. On the floor of the Congress, where the 44 delegates are seated, we can tell the 44 delegates, let's pass this motion to say that this, this and this and this has been adopted. And these people cannot be part of the larger Congress after the election has been done. You understand? That is what the likes of Aris Njala and Baribote are begging for. They don't mind doing it on the 30th. Baribote told me in an interview, he said, look, we don't mind on the 30th of September, before the election, five hours before the election, let the Congress sit and say, okay, whatever you guys are demanding, whatever you are asking, we will give it to you. But we'll go ahead with the election, and after the election, we will amend the Constitution. And you guys will be accepted to be part of the larger family. Now, that yes. is what everybody is suggesting. And I think that is the only thing that is feasible and that is acceptable at this point so, in time. So, uh, uh, Adewale, it, it's a pleasure to uh, meet you. Uh, see you, uh, you know, Omar has talked about you quite a bit. So, uh, finally getting yeah. to meet you is a pleasure, definitely. Uh, yeah. A couple of things I wanted to address and what you were saying. Number one is, I mean, I think the most obvious thing, and we can speak about all things, but I think the most obvious thing here, and you hit the nail on the head perfectly when you said, everybody knows what needs to be done. Yeah. I think there's no doubt. I think everybody involved in this understands what needs to be done to move this process forward. But yeah. selfish interests always take precedence over anything yeah. else. The truth of the matter is that they just had a Congress. Literally yeah. just had a Congress, not even- They did one in Lagos, just, yes, right. yes. So in that Congress, these issues that we're talking about were already at the forefront. In fact, when you look exactly. at the agenda of that Congress, you'll see that some of these issues were on the agenda. Yeah. They never got addressed, right? Yeah. They never did get addressed. So because like you said, possibly because we, look, the FA chairman, they know that this is a cash cow. They're not about to just give up this cash cow they have. Like yeah, I was saying yeah. before you jumped on, part of what happens is it's it's a it's an old boys, good old boys network. We know, okay, which of you is going to be president next? Which, how many people can share the money bags of these congresses so we can support you? The only persons that are ever going to win these, F, uh, these NFF elections are FA chairman because of the way it's set up in terms of who the electorate is or are. So we know that's not going to happen. I mean, but... And then the other thing I want to address, and I think there's there's a misconception here. FIFA allows each federation to run the federation as they see fit. The only thing that FIFA requires is that there is no government interference in how the football federation is run. But FIFA has no say in how the NFF decides to create the bylaws. Or create, I mean, obviously, yeah. there's got to be some sort of symmetry yeah. in how FIFA it's, is run. It's, it's internal matter, yeah. Right, but at the end of the day, the NFF is run independently. So they can do whatever they want. If they want to, if, if they want to call a Congress without CAF and FIFA presence, maybe that's in NFF's bylaws. I'm not, I'm not privy to that. You might be able to... Um, expanded or maybe that's in FIFA's or CAF's bylaws that they need to have these sort of processes. But in reality, NFF doesn't need to do that. Like you said, you've pointed out some of these loopholes or these alternatives we have. But I think when it comes down to it, we're really speaking of these FA state chairmen not really wanting to give up their cash cow. And that's just okay, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say a few things. Um, we have 44 delegates, 44 desperate delegates. Um, I'm going to break down a few things now. 
we have 44 desperate delegates. Among those 44 de desperate delegates, we have 37 FA chairmen. Those FA chairmen, some of them have been there forever. I know FA chairmen that have, that have been there for 22 years, 24 years. The likes of um, Amanze Uchegulam has been there for 24 years. The likes of Ahmed Fresh has been there for 12 years. We know of FA chairmen that just believe that you see, they don't, they, don't make, they don't do anything in their states. They have not done anything visible in their states. But they want to sit down there waiting for another four years because they know that this is the period when they make their money. Now, let me tell you something. At the last election in, in, uh, in Katsina, in fact, the one in Wari, I was there. The one in Katsina, I was already in Canada, so I was not there. But the one in Wari, they, 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 they move with bats. So, some people made over 20,000 20, US dollars. You, you understand? No, the one in 2014 in Worry that took place in Delta State. The one that brought Amaju Pini King. The one in 2018 was in Casina, but I was not there because I came into Canada in 2017. So I'm just trying to explain these things. What these guys know is that the 44 of them, the least you get at a, at a time like this is 20,000 US dollars. So they've made their calculations. Everybody is looking anxiously to this election. They don't want anybody to come in now. But those guys are proposing a new format where at least you get nothing less than 61 or 101 delegates. In fact, they are insisting that they want 101 delegates, where even the journalists have a right to vote. Where even the, even the coaches, everybody must have a vote. You understand? That is what those guys are proposing. But the 44 delegates are saying, no, this is our time to make our money. Let's make our money. After this is done, then we can all bring you guys in. We can allow you to come in. But, I mean, everybody wants to be part of it. Because they know, too, that these 44 delegates have already mapped out their strategy. As it stands now, Ibrahim Gusso, who is from the northern part of Nigeria, stands out as the number one candidate. Because right. he's from the north. Apart from the fact that he's from the north, he was the former chairman of chairman under the, under the Amadou Penic um, government which means that as chairman of chairman, he, he holds, he's in charge of the chairman. He has worked with them closely, he understands them, and he knows what they need. So now these guys have the understanding with Ibrahim Gusso that if we bring you into power, then you're going to favor us. So as it stands, Gusso is already calculating 23 votes. Now, apart from Ibrahim Gusso, there's also Shehu Diko, who was the chairman, who is the chairman of the LMC, the league management company that manages the league. Shehu Diko also is one of the contestants from the North. Now, Diko also stands out like Ibrahim Gusso. The fact is that over the last seven years, Show Diko has been sending most of these FA chairmen to league venues as match delegates. Match delegates, uh, match assessors, and every weekend, he gives them like 100,000, 120,000 to go and see league matches and send in reports. Most of them don't send in reports because they cannot even write. But the fact is that they know that... This is, this is a man who over the years has, has helped them, has given them opportunities to make money. So he's another top candidate for this position. Now, the, the man many think could take Nigerian football to the next level is a certain Musa Amadou. Musa Amadou was the former, former general secretary under the Aminu Megari-led board. He was there between 2010 and 2016. Amadou Pini came in in 2014 and sacked Musa Amadou in 2016. Why was Musa Amadou sacked? Musa Amadou was sacked because when the FIFA money after the 2014 World Cup came in, 
they, 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 there's this money that FIFA normally gives to federation that participate at the World Cup. The money came in about 3.6 million. Yes, well, God bless you. So when that money came in, 3.6 million US dollars, when that money came in, most, the money normally is meant for development. FIFA will insist that that money should be used to develop football from the grassroots level. So Musa Amadou, being the general secretary, insisted that that money should be used according to what FIFA said. But Amadou Pinnick, being the president of the NFF, said no. So this money was shared between, between board members and some of the FA chairmen. You understand? So those are the issues. Immediately the money was shared. Musa Amadou felt that this is not the right thing and they decided to sack Musa Amadou. Because I thought he resigned. No, 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 no. They told him, you see, these things happen even in football. They will tell the coach, look, we don't want to sack you. We'll advise you to resign. So he was advised to resign because there was a sack letter on his table. Uh, you understand? Okay. So, so he had to leave. So they, 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 call, they gave him what they call a severance fee. The severance fee they gave to him was uh, 6.5, 6.2 million uh, naira. 6.2 million naira. When Musa Madu was general secretary, he was on 600,000 naira per month. Sanusi Muhammad that took over from him is presently on 3.8 million naira per month. Now they gave Sanusi a contract that will extend to 20, 2050, uh, 20, uh, 2025. So what it means is that even as Amadou is going, Sanusi, Sanusi will remain in office as general secretary to 2025. They've already mapped out the strategy. The plan was for Amadou to continue. They thought Amadou could get a third term. That was why Amadou gave Sanusi a contract that will last until 2025. They did their calculations. Even before now, they all had their calculations done out. But unfortunately for them, Amadou is gone. Sanusi will remain to perpetrate the evil. Now, the evil is that they want to install another stooge of Amadou. It's going to be either Mus um, Ibrahim Gusso or Sheudiko. Either yeah. Ibrahim Gusso or Sheudiko. Those are the two stooges they want to bring in. Now, the federal government has realized too that Musa Amadou is the only man with integrity based on what he did when he insisted that they must get, they must use that money to develop football. And now the government has nominated Musa Amadou as the government candidate. We are only waiting for that announcement to be done. Once that announcement is being done, then there will be a problem. There will be a crisis because the Amadou gang wants the Amadou people to come in and government is coming up with a candidate now. These are issues that have not been that has not been discussed out there because we are we are waiting for the official announcement of Musa Amadou as a government candidate, and that is the only way we can stop this cabal from taking over Nigerian football. But again, those other guys are fighting. They want them. They want their people to be involved in the Congress because they also know that if we don't have outsiders coming to the Congress, those forty-four delegates will decide who will be there, and they already know who will be there. And of course, if the same set of people come into Nigerian football, we'll, we'll remain where we are in the last eight years. Well, I have, yeah, thanks for that breakdown. That was very, very insightful. I have two quick questions for you. One is um, the Jala and Baribote injunction right now. Yeah. You know, I, I know of Baribote. He used to own Nembe, Nembe City. Nembe City, yeah. Ball club, yeah. So, and uh, we can talk about that later. But, I think, why now? Why didn't they make this this issue they have with the with the bylaws and and the constitution? Why didn't they take this to court? 
you know, 10 months ago? Why did they been, take this they've, court? They've been, in, they've been in court all this while. They, in fact, they went to court. The, the, you know, the Congress was supposed to sit in Lagos. December 2021 in Lagos. This Congress would have met. You understand? But they stopped mm. the Congress from meeting to fix a date for the election. Mm. That was when they first went to court. So now, count it. December 2021, they first went to court. That should be more than 10 months from now. You understand? Okay. So yeah. they first went to court in December 20. They stopped the Congress that was taking place, that was to take place in Lagos in December 2021. Now, when they stopped the Congress, uh, government now came in. The, uh, the minister invited them and asked them what was their issues. They told the ministry that they wanted the Congress to be expanded. They, they just, all they are asking is an expanded Congress. Give everybody a chance to be part of the Congress. 44 delegates for a country like Nigeria. Even in Cameroon, they have over 70 delegates. In other countries, they, even in Ghana, they have over... So why is Nigeria, a big country of over 200 million people, having just 44 delegates to, to, to decide the fate of Nigerian football? That's okay, what they're and, asking. And, and the I thing think is they this, have a point. You know, no, it, it's a valid point. But the thing is, yeah. this, I think for... For a lot of our viewers, they probably aren't familiar with the governing structure, the system of the NFF. How yes. are those? How are those delegates selected, and how is how is the Congress, according to NFF, set up? Who, who, okay, this, who this decides is, who makes up the Congress, or who decides who those delegates are? What's that process like? The process is simple. I think the decision over time has been that that. Uh, the executive committee of the NFF, especially the president of the NFF, the president will sit with the executive committee and say, look, this is how we go about it. Uh, the Congress is set up based on the fact, based on the status. In the status, of course, over, over the years, before Sunny Lulu came into office, it was Sunny Lulu that came and changed, and changed the format of the Congress. Before Sunny Lulu, we had... Uh, we had over 70 people in the Congress. But when Sunny Lulu came, because every government come, come in and try to change it to favor themselves. Amen. Now, because when you come in, you know you have four years. You're already thinking of doing eight years. You understand? You already think Sunny Lulu did it and thought he could get eight years. But it didn't work because that was the time when the federal government set up a presidential tax force. The tax force truncated its plan even before the end of the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So just when we finished the 2010 World Cup, the task force sent a report to the federal government and the government took a position and said, we don't want this, this, um, this board to return to office. So they knew they were not coming back. In 2014, Aminu Megari did not, did not truncate the process. He allowed the 44 Congress to remain in office. Amadou Pinik, bring the president, could have come in and said, look, I want to change it. I want to reduce it. I want to increase it. You understand? But he also sat with the 44 delegates. Now, this is what they do. To get the delegates, the first thing you do is you go to the FA. We have 37 FAs. That is the 36 states of the Federation and the FCT. So we have 37 FAs. The coaches association will give you the president. That makes it 38. The referees association will give you the president. That, that makes it 39. The leagues, the leagues, the league management company, the LMC, we give you their, 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 their chairman. That makes it 40. The NNL, we give you their chairman. That makes it 41. The, uh, the NLO, that is the amateur league, we give you their own president. That will make, that will make it uh, 42. Then there, there's also this, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, uh, what, what, what do they call it? The PFA, that is Players Union. The players' union, 
It used to be Tijani Babangida. Tijani Babangida was the president of the Players Union. So Tijani Babangida would have made it 43. But you know, Amadou playing a dirty game, he knew that Tijani Babangida doesn't like him. There have been issues between uh, Tijani Babangida and members of the Tijani Babangida um, team, including Aris Injala. Remember that Aris Injala took Amadou Pinik to a court in Benin City. And that case is still pending in a court in Benin City. That is personal issue. They had personal issue. They are both from the South-South and they went to court. Because of that, Amadou Pini got angry with the Tijani Babangida-led board because he felt that Tijani Babangida, being a member of the Congress, should have spoken to, to Aris Injala to withdraw that case, that personal matter from court. Now, Tijani Babangida said, I don't have a right to stop Aris Injala from fighting you. It's a personal issue. You guys should go and settle it. Now, because of that, Amadou Pinik now felt that if you think that you can do that, then I'm going to do something. He now went to FIFA and said he does not recognize the, PL, uh, the uh, players' union led by Tijani Babangida. He now set up another body led by, uh, what do you call him, uh, Chikelue Ilonansi. So now they became two rival groups, you understand? So they became two rival groups in the players' union. So now it's not saying that the Tijani Babangida group is no longer recognized and that the, the group that should be recognized by FIFA is the, uh, the Chikolo Elonasi group. And that is another issue that is in court too. So we have three or four pending issues in court. And the Jala group and the Babangida group have also told uh, Amadou Pinik that they will fight with him to the very end just to make their case known. So those are the issues. Like I said, I've mentioned 43. I think I forgot one. So that is how they were able to come out. Before, we used to have the media was part of the Congress. The media was part of the Congress. School sports. School sports was part of the Congress. Youth fund. You know youth fund? Right. Youth fund was also part of the Congress. It was an extended Congress, very enlarged Congress, over 60 members of the Congress before. But because Sani Lulu thought that it could manipulate the Congress to get those that are, those that, those that are, that are loyal to him to be part of the Congress. That was how we re they reduced it to 44. You understand? That was how we came to the 44. Since, well, 44 uh, also less money bags that you have to um, spread during the Congress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it takes it the it two to quickly right. manipulate those you want to manipulate. If you want to give them 10,000 10, US dollars, it means that you are spending about... Uh, 440,000 US dollars. So they know they have done their calculations and they know where they are going to. But because if you make it 100 people and you want to give 100 people 10,000 US dollars, you know you're going to spend so much. So everybody, that they are trying to reduce the Congress to favor themselves. So that is how we go to 44. But we know that they can expand it to 100. But every candidate, every presidential um, aspirant that comes into office or everybody that becomes NFL president have their calculation. Immediately they become the president of the NFL, they're already thinking of the next four years. They want to manipulate the Congress in such a way that it will favor them to return for another four years. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's amazing that, you know, we've spent all this time talking about, you know, basically how this election is just rigged to start with anyway, before we even begin. It's, it's pretty much rigged. And, and, and this is the problem we have in a lot of Nigerian elections. We spend less time discussing the merits of the candidates. Rather, we spend a lot of time discussing legal issues, this, that, but rarely are we discussing if this candidate is best for the job. You know, and at this point, it looks to me like there's only two candidates at this point, you know, and maybe three if you consider the Madhu uh, person that the government yeah. is 
is is is supposedly endorsing. When you look at these candidates, I look at Shea Udiko. He's in charge of the league management. Uh, uh, league. <laughs> it's been a failure. Let's just call yeah. a spade a spade. It's been a failure. The league is a failure. The league, we don't even know who our champion is sometimes. Yeah. We don't know who's going to represent Nigeria in the continental uh, showcases yeah, uh, before it's about my, to start. Yes. Yeah, Mike, last week I had a, a coach on, Coach Bifo, Usman Bifo, yeah. on, and he was explaining that the league has not had a sponsor in the last six years. So if you can think about that for a second, it's like, okay, he's Sheo Diko has been in charge of the league management committee. How does the league not have a sponsor for six years? How are players still complaining about lack of salaries? They don't get paid. How do players have a contract with clubs, but they don't see a copy of their contracts? Yeah. These are these are fundamental problems. So for him to now decide to run for office, like you're saying, with all these issues, it means he feels there's no accountability for his for his performance. Yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows that. Um, he knows that, that that the people have lost con confidence in him. Um, Shoudiko is a personal friend. We talk almost every day. And uh, if you ask me before now, I will tell you that the most intelligent is an Awusa man. I don't know him. I, I'm from I'm from the I'm from um, the southwest. He's from the east, from the north. But you see, in as much as you try to look at um, the 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 negatives, you also look at the positives. The most intelligent football administrator in Nigeria today is Shewudiko. You see, I have gone closer to all of them. In terms of intelligence, I'm saying it again. The most intelligent football administrator in Nigeria today is Shewudiko. But administratively, Shewudiko was brought into office in place of Undukai Rabo, one of the very good administrators we had then. Undukai Rabo managed the league to the best of his knowledge, and it was not a failure. Diko was the vice chairman to Undukai Rabo, and suddenly, when Amadou Pinik became president, it was obvious that we cannot have the president from the South-South and also have a second vice president from the South-South. You understand? Because Undukai Rabo is from the South-South, is from Delta State. So there was need for one of them, for, for Undukai Rabo to step down. So they now told Undukai Rabo to step down and show Diko bring from the North to take over. He was the vice president there. He became the president of the, he became the chairman of the, of, uh, of the LMC and the MPFA. Now, look, the reason why people supported Diko to come into office was because people knew that Diko is so intelligent. Diko understands what it takes to run the league. But unfortunately for Diko, Diko is sentimental. You understand? He's, he's, is tribally sentimental and religiously sentimental. I'm sorry to say he's my friend, like I said. But you see, over time, I have told him, I said, look, you will fail. Why you will fail is because Kanu Pillars, Kanu Pillars will beat up somebody in Kanu. You will not ban Kanu Pillars. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Sunshine Stars will beat up somebody in, in, on those states. You will ban Sunshine Stars. You understand? So yeah. those, things, those things will not help your league. And suddenly... Suddenly, people begin to lose confidence. People begin began to lose confidence in Shodiko, and over time, even the sponsors knew that things were not going right. The sponsors, if we go to discuss with the sponsor today, the sponsor we are set to come in tomorrow, and before you know it, they are pulled out. We have heard of over five sponsors over the years, but suddenly we don't see them. 
It is because why, why do you think that is? First, lost confidence in the league. It is because individuals, parties lost confidence in the league, and that is how we found the league where it is today. Well, speaking of that, man, uh, so it was interesting to me. I think there's about from what the last count, there's seven candidates I can remember, right? Yeah. And, and I was reading, just reading up on those candidates, and from what I remember, only maybe two or three of them actually have any kind of plan that they want you know whether they're going to actualize those plans or not but everybody else is just based on oh i was a politician here i was this that and only three can and one of them speaking of sponsorship uh madu amadu musa madu yeah there's something very interesting that came out of just reading about his statements he's the only person that talked about transparency yeah you know, and it actually surprised me because yeah. You know, a lot of people criticize Amadji Pinnock a lot. But the one thing, and I'm one of them, but the one thing I would give Pinnock for is, for the first time, it seemed like sponsors were gravitating towards sponsoring the, the, the Super Eagles and sponsoring the league well, to a certain extent. But under Pinnock, Pinnock seemed to be able to negotiate these deals, or at least we heard about these deals that were imminent about to happen. But the one thing I would say is that we, how is the money being spent? No one really <laughs> knew is this cloud. So I do like that Musa Amadou has come out and said that if elected president, of course, he's saying that now, if elected president, that he will be transparent. He will show exactly the accounting of how the monies are being spent. Yeah. And I think there's it, another gentleman. Uh, that, 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 that's a very key point. You see that, like I said over show, about show Diko. Uh, it was the it was it was uh, a Diko Amadou partnership. At a point, you you would think that Shew Diko was the president of the NFL because mm -hmm. they became so close. Uh, Amadou, the problem with Amadou was that Amadou was more he was more interested in improving himself than improving Nigerian football. Amadou was busy negotiating for camp positions and, and FIFA positions. Amadou never thought about Nigerian football. Amadou would go out there and look for money. Would tell you. We have signed a deal with Globacom. It will not tell you how much is the deal. Show Diko will tell you we have signed a deal with MTN. It will not tell you how much it is the is the deal. Before this time, before, during the days of Aminu Megari, if a deal was signed, you will know that they have signed a deal of five hundred million. Then you will know how that five hundred million will be spent. That right. is what Musa Amadu, who worked as the general secretary under Aminu Megari, is telling everybody now. He said we will go back to. So time of old, where we'll come out and say, we signed a deal of 500 million, and this is how we are going to share the money. And this is how the money is. If the money is coming in instrumentally, if we are going to get 100 million per, per year, we'll let you know that we are getting 100 million per year. We signed a deal with Aitio for over seven, eight years. Nobody knows how the money is coming in. They go into Aitio office, they pick up the money, and they share it with their, with their families. Now, let me give you a gist. Do you know that the FA Cup package to date, nobody knows what, it, what is involved. They will only tell you that the winner will get 25 million. Even the winner of the last FA Cup has not received their money to this day. <laughs> you see, those are the things, those are the issues. These guys, they, 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 they have personal relationship with the sponsors. They will tell the sponsors, we will declare, you are giving us $500 million or 500, $500 billion era. We will declare 2.5 billion. The remaining 2.5 billion we share between ourselves. Over the years, they use their personal companies, their personal accounts to receive NFF money. 
personal accounts to receive NFF monies. And they use that money. Once they collect those money, it is from their own personal accounts they share the monies. I am a witness. I know most of these things. I have done businesses with them. Even from Canada, yeah. I do business with business with them. They'll call me. Wale, please, I want you to use this and these stories for me. I'll do the stories and I'll tell them, if I do 10 stories for you, this is how much you're going to pay me. They'll say, okay, we'll pay you. And when they pay me, they pay me from the account of personal. They don't pay me from the NFL. They pay me from personal accounts, not even with their names. Well, I used to, you understand? I, used to, I, used to, so I see these things and I'm like, no, these things, these are, these are dirty things. Yeah, Wally, well, are you sure they're going to keep giving you stories? Yeah, because you're revealing too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, you see, it pays them to work with me. It yeah. pays them to work with me than not to work with me. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because they fear you more when you know their secret. You understand? Like I said, we have went and we have dined together. Even before I left Nigeria, even when I left Nigeria, they were even begging me not to go. If I was still in Nigeria today, I would be the media officer of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. I would be the media officer. I would have taken over from Tony Bitoye because of the relationship we have built over the years. As it stands, if any of them becomes NFL president today, they want me to come back home. You understand? But the truth of the matter is, as much as they, they hate my guts, they like the fact that I say the truth. And that is why every Nigerian like me today, everybody in Nigerian sports, all the 10, 11 candidates, they call me every day and say, Wale, we want you to advise us. Because they know I will tell you the truth. I will tell you, look, you don't have what it takes to be an NFL president. As much as we love you, you are a friend, but you have failed us over the years. You have lost your integrity. You cannot lead Nigerian football to the next level. The Nigerian sports minister, Sunday Dare, talks to me on a daily basis. And that was why yesterday, I was the first person that went on air to announce to the world that the NFL election fixed for 30th of September will not hold. You understand? Yeah. I was also the first to announce, too, that the president, uh, the, the minister of the Nigerian football, uh, the minister, uh, the sports minister has invited all the presidential candidates to a meeting. They're having a meeting on Tuesday. At that meeting, a lot of decisions will be taken. The minister will come out bluntly and let them know the new direction because the minister is not happy. But again, the minister is scared of one thing. If he talks today, they'll say it's government interference. So now, some of us we, who understand the system have been able to advise him on how to manage the situation. Over the years, they scare us with FIFA ban. My dear, there is no FIFA ban anywhere. FIFA well, knows that these issues are internal issues. Do you know that Amadou wrote a personal letter to FIFA asking FIFA to insist that the NFF election should be shifted to January? And FIFA wrote a letter to him. I have a copy of that letter. FIFA wrote a letter to him telling him that we cannot shift the NFF election to January next year because the matter of the election is an it's internal NFL issue. business. Yes, but, but, well, let, me, let, me ask you, well, let me ask you this question then. Yeah. The, the, the whole argument of um, government interference, government interference. I, um, I took, there's actually a blog uh, article I wrote. Um, I can send a copy to you. And I was, compare, I was comparing the US Soccer Federation in terms of financial management and revenue generation to nigerian football federation and the one thing i found which i thought was interesting was essentially how the nigerian football federation makes its money and i found that a significant amount of the money comes from the government grants yeah that are included in the budget that we see from the federal government of nigeria so if the government wants to control they don't have to get involved 
they just have to threaten to withhold that money. Yeah. And not give because that's where they get most of their money from. The other part of the money comes from sponsorship, you know, the other parts that they don't generate any money. And I got that information because I'm sure you can remember the Price Waterhouse yeah. audit. Price Water audit, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. So so that that information, that price water, because they did the audit, it was public and they had to publish their findings, right? So I was able to get that information. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, the Federation of Nigeria just has to threaten Sunday Diary just has to threaten to withhold their money. I know they'll, they'll probably ask people to write no, articles about... No, they, yes, they will get journalists to write articles and they will now try to implicate government by saying that government is, is trying to hold back money and not trying to encourage Nigerian youth. You see, they have a way of doing these things. The editors, the sports writers, most of the journalists work for the NFF because they pay them. So what they do is they will quickly look for a way to try to inject something that will make him look as if He's um, fighting against Nigerian youth. And you, as you, Minister of I, Youth I, and Sports, he would not want to do anything like that. And you know what, Wally? Sunday Diary would actually, because he's the Minister of Sports in that country, yeah. he has the power of the pulpit. He can then, he can do, he can counteract them before they make a move. So he threatens it, he withholds their money, then he does a media talk. Then he tells everyone around the country, these are the reasons why. And I want to have a conversation on public debate with Amaju Pinik to debate these issues and bring everything to the fore so we can solve the problem in Nigerian football once and for all. I the problem is, Sunday Diary, I don't know that he's actually the person that people will really trust because there's been some very baffling decisions that he's made over time when it comes to, uh, especially with the Super Eagles and football, or suggestions that he's made. So I know it's a power play suggestion here, but I doubt that he's the man. His integrity is not in the public space. It's not such that we would even look at it and think, that this is an honest uh, attempt to clean things up. And 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 and, and, and Mike, the thing is, I I honestly believe the ministry is afraid of NFF. I I've I've kind of seen it over the years. They're afraid to 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 rock the boat to NFF. Well, I'm pretty you sure. Uh, uh, it, it, you see, the former the, the former first minister so, uh, Solomon Dalong came out yeah. and fought with the NFF. It took them from ELCC to ICPC, from ICPC to ISPL. He did everything, but at the end of the day, he lost the battle. But see, look, it takes tactics to fight the NFF. Sunday Dari has been the most successful of all of them in terms of sports minister, in terms of facing the NFF. Mm -hmm. If it was not for Sunday Dari, let me be frank with you. I'm not saying it because I'm close to him, but I'm being frank to you now. Look, if it was not for Sunday Dari, I'm Maju Penic with not leave office. It takes the wisdom of Sunday Dari to tell... You see, let me tell you what you don't know. At a point, the federal government did not address Amadou Pinik as president of the NFF. They wrote him personal letter. This, this are information that nobody has heard before. I'm going to let you know now. They wrote him personal letters from the Nigerian government telling him that if FIFA bans Nigeria because of you, you should consider this as reasonable felony to the Federal Republic of Nigeria. So now, the letters were addressed to Amadou Pinik, not to the president of the Nigerian Football Federation. And in that case, he could not take it to FIFA. And that was why he went on a, he went on a, on a national TV to announce that he was not contesting for the third term. Amadou was bent on contesting for third term. Amadou was bent on perpetrating this evil for another four years. But it, we needed the ingenuity and the wisdom of the sports minister to tell Amadou to step down. And it was because Amadou stepped down that we were able to call for an AGA. 
If Amadou never stepped down, there will not be an AG. There will not be plan for an election because Amadou was already working to take his tenure to January 2020, 2023. Now, you know why he wants to go to January? There's a meeting in CAF. A meeting will be taking place in CAF in December. At that meeting, they will take a decision on who can contest for the next NFL president. I mean, for the next CAF president. Amadou wants to put in to become the next CAF president. You understand? Now, he can only become the next CAF president if he remains the president of the Nigerian Football Federation. That is when he can put in to contest for that. If he's not there, he needs the present president of the NFF, the, uh, the current president of the NFF, to endorse him to go and participate as the president of CAF. So that is what he's doing. That is why now he's, he knows he's not going to be there. But he wants to do everything humanly possible to put one of his tools there so that that person can recommend him to go and become the next CAF president. Let me ask a question. You understand? Let me ask a question. Yeah. If, if, if Amandru Pinnick were to contest for CAF presidency, and let's just say for some reason he wins, he's politically savvy in the African uh, sphere, do you think that would be a good thing for Nigeria? Yeah, it's going to be a good thing for Nigeria, seriously. But um, as a FIFA Council member, do you know that Amadou was former vice president of CAF? He yes. rose to the position of vice president of CAF. He also rose to the, he has risen to the position of FIFA council member. We yeah. have been asking questions. As sports journalists, we are all sports journalists. Do you know that there is no Nigerian sports journalist that has been given opportunity into any, any, any of the CAF uh, media offices? We don't have a Nigerian in any of the CAF media, apart from uh, Mbonu, uh, the, guy, the lady that is, uh, that is a member of the CAF, CAF committee, FIFA CAF media committee. There is no Nigerian journalist, English-speaking Nigerian journalist, that has been given opportunity into CAF offices, CAF, CAF uh, media. And media how long department. has that been going on for? Uh, that's, been the for that, that's been there for close to eight years now, since Amadou took over. Because Amadou has got the opportunity. Others don't have that opportunity. Amadou has that opportunity. We expect that Amadou should look at Nigerian journalists and say, hey, you guys, come, what, what can you offer? Give them opportunities. He has not done that. Now, you know what Amadou does as NFF, as a CAF, CAF vice president, and eventually now a uh, FIFA council member? Amadou only gives opportunity to those that are loyal to him. Of course. He has taken show with Diko. He has taken show with Diko to the position of first uh, vice chairman of, um, uh, of CAF, um, uh, what do you call it, league, um, league, league committee. He has taken Shehi Akumi. What he does is to position his people in CAF and FIFA. He does not extend that opportunity to others who he thinks are, are not loyal to him. You understand? So look, you don't do it that way. Let, let me give you an instance. Let me give you an instance. Do you know that the match against Ghana, Nigeria versus Ghana, the match that, this, that, that made us not qualify for the World Cup. It got to a point. CAF invited Amadou Pinnick and told him, look, Ghana does not have a pitch. The pitch they had, the Accra Township Stadium, was to be used for Ghana Independence Day. So they told CAF that they, they don't have a pitch to host the match, except they take us to um, Kumasi. The NFF knew that the Kumasi Stadium was not ready. And CAF told us that if we take a decision not to play that match in Ghana, that they will approve that decision. So wow. they were already thinking of taking that match to Kotonou. 
And Nigeria could have gone to Cotonou and played Ghana on a neutral ground, which if we beat Ghana, if we beat Ghana in Cotonou, we just come back home and consolidate. So it got to that point when they asked Amadou to take a decision and say, do you want to play in Cotonou or you want to go and play in Kumasi? Amadou now went into negotiation with the Ghana government. Jesus. You know the negotiation is this. Now the FA chairman of Ghana will right. give him a vote if he wants to contest for the CAF presidency. I am yes. telling you all this thing because I have all this communication on my page. We discuss on a daily basis. Well, I do all these press releases for you. Which is yeah. precisely why I asked that question. Because when I when you when you look at certain precedents, I don't I honestly don't see what benefit Nigeria has had from having um from having uh Pinnock as the president of NFF. Maybe in fact I'll say any favorable decision that he's accrued towards Nigeria have really not been favorable. Because in our reality, let's let's think of a couple of things. Number one, there's no way we should have been playing football on some of those pitches that we played in and some of the qualifiers exactly. we played. That's City, that's what he did was allow those pitches and that was to the detriment of Nigerian football when you exactly Second of all, and this is the general, not just Amaju, but Amaju is the main person in this region. Nigeria is the main power in Wapi. The simple fact that Nigeria and Ghana have to play each other in qualifiers is a travesty. In the youth court, in the under 17s, under 20s, under 23s, with the Wafcons, they pitch all the West African teams against each other. And we all know that the powerhouse of football in Africa comes from the North and West African side. That was something that they agreed upon at some of these con CAF Congresses where Amaji was sitting there. To me, yeah. I feel like that to me is the biggest failure of his administration yeah. if exactly. you're asking to pinpoint one major thing. So yeah. this is why I'm thinking, why are we even... To me, Amaji hasn't helped. There he has not helped help Nigerian football in but any way. So he knows, he knows too that majority of his board members knew that he was he was only doing it for his personal interest whatever he has gained in fifa or in cap has been for himself and for his friends and for his families you understand so we have come to a point where we now say that amaju you've been there forever you've been in calf you've been in fifa we have not seen your impact on nigeria as a nation we have not seen it so he knows that if he's not there, whoever is NFL president will not recommend him to be CAF president. Oh, yeah, he will not get that recommendation. That is why he said, you see, on the day he announced that he is not going to contest for a third term, you know what he said? He said, I am not going to interf intervene. I'm not going to interfere in who becomes the NFL president, but I will intervene. He said that on the national TV, that he will intervene. Intervention meaning that he's going to put his own shoes <laughs> to become the next NFL president, which we will not allow. And I hope not. Uh, I really hope not. Another small yeah. issue, this is just a bite, is, is the fact that Nigeria doesn't ever have any referees that go referee any competitions. Yeah. The last referee I saw, I think, might have been a woman referee at the, the just concluded WAFCON in uh, Morocco. Otherwise, when you look at all the previous African Cup of Nations, global competitions, even the youth tournaments, Nigerian referees are never there. So again, when you look at these little 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 tidbits, to me, the incumbents that are there, what's happened? They're not, they're not really do they haven't shown me that these guys are ready for this job or that they even they want to do the job. I think just like we've been talking about, it just looks like self-aggrandizement. These guys are just going in there for their own pockets as far as we're even the other candidates we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Mr. Musa Amadou. 
who knows when the end times, what is going to happen. Again, I'm, I'm a little wary because of the fact that you're telling me the government is endorsing him because the government is not just an artificial uh, uh, individual. It is people inside there. So if he's being recommended, that means there's some side deals being done. And who knows how that's really going to benefit yeah. us. Like, you, know, you know what? You know what? All of them, all of them, all the candidates went to government for endorsement. Now, government have taken time to look at the reputation of each of the candidates that came. Um, Chris Omero would have been another perfect candidate. He is um, he's the head of FIFA security unit. Mm -hmm. um, he's a very good candidate for that position too. But he's also a very good candidate for the sectorat. We felt that he's still young, he's new to the system. He just is a member of the, uh, the NFF, NFF sectorate before he got the opportunity to be in, in FIFA and CAF. So now, government has taken time to look at the credentials of each of those that want to become NFF president. For them, Every other person, Shehu Diko, uh, Ibrahim Gusso, um, Shehi Akimumi, all these guys have been part of the Amaju Pinnick um, government for the past mm -hmm. eight years. If they have anything to offer to football, they should have done it while they were working with Amaju. Shehi Akimumi was the vice president of NFF under Amaju Pinnick. What did you bring to the table? Nothing. Show the that, was so he's, he's the president of Lagos State uh, Football Association. Even Lagos State too. Nothing. 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 They don't have. They don't have a league. Lagos State does not have a league for the past eight years. No league in Lagos State. You understand? Even the teams in the MPFL, MFM, the MFM have been relegated. So what has he brought to the table? Nothing. Show Diko was the president. Was the ch uh, chairman of the LMC and the MPFL. What did he bring to the table? Nothing. So, government have looked at the credentials of everybody involved. The only thing that gave it to Musa Amadou was the fact that Musa Amadou worked under the Aminu Megari regime. That is the most successful NFF president, I mean, NFF regime in the last, in the last 40 years. That was the same board that won the, FA, I mean, the Nations Cup in 2013, the same board that took us to the second round of the, Nation, uh, of the World Cup in 2013. Uh, 2014. 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2014. You see, they won they won 13 titles for Nigeria. They yeah. won the under 17 two times. They won the other, they won the Alcon, the women nations cup three times. They won so much. 13 titles for Nigeria. So if you look at those credentials and you are like, they also know too the processes that took took Aminu Megari and Musa Amadou out of office. They knew it was like a plan coup. It was the PDP government. It was like, okay, look. The PDP government under, under good luck, Jonathan, wanted to put their own person there. And that was how they played the politics, played the politics. And Oduagan, you know, Oduagan was the former governor of Delta State. State. And yeah. Oduagan was, is an in-law to Amadou Pinik. You understand? So Oduagan now went to, to good luck, Jonathan, and said, this is our government. We need to put our person that was how they brought uh, Amadou Pini from the Blues and made him the president of the NFL. Because, yeah, because I remember, yeah. Yeah, remember Amadou Pini was a former chairman for Wari Wolves. Yeah. And uh, he was the chairman of, the, of Delta State, State Football State, Association. Then he became chairman yeah. of Delta State FA before yeah. the, before DJ Okocha became chairman yeah. of Delta State yeah. FA. Yeah, I got but one question for you because I don't know yeah. much about this guy. I don't know if you know anything. This David Doherty gentleman that lives in the UK. In the UK, yeah. yeah. So, first of all, uh, I'm very, I'm actually surprised they allowed him to contest. Yeah. And number two, I don't know much about him. So is it? Do you, is, I, he, I, is I don't he, know he, much about him. I know that he's a football agent. 
They all, all I know is that he's a football agent. Is is into football um, players management. And um, the truth of the matter is that um, as much as we don't know much about him, as much as we'd have loved to give him an opportunity, um, he doesn't have a chance. Because look, yeah. like I said, it's, it's, this thing is done by the FA chairman. You don't just come out from somewhere and say you want to be NFL president tomorrow. You understand? You need to, over time, work with this FA chairman. You need to know them. You need to, see, if you want to contest for election, you must go and talk to the people that will vote you into office. You don't wake up and say, I want to be president. Even if, even if it is not football, anything, even in the, in the Nigerian, uh, Nigerian Bar Association, you don't just wake up and say you want to be president of the Nigerian Bar Association. You must go and meet the delegates. You must discuss with the delegates. All there are delegates local. in every election you contest for. So, unfortunately, he doesn't know these people, and these people don't know him. So, he comes up to them and says, I want you people to vote for me. It's not going to work that way. I and, doubt and, if you can get yeah. a vote. And Wale, the thing I find interesting is, you know, Okay, we all know the problems facing our uh, Nigerian Football Federation and the development of, of football and development of athletes in, in the country and all the issues that they, they run into. And based on what you listed, all the different 44 groups yeah. that make up the delegate, the, Congress. Right? Yeah, the Congress, right? When you look at each one of those groups, state FAs, uh, chairman of LMC. Chairman of coaches. Chairman of coaches, chairman referees, of referees, yeah. NNL, chairman of NNL, NLO, chairman uh, of NLO. You start uh, to wonder all these entities, each one of them, chairman of Youth Fund, Youth yeah. Sports Federation of Nigeria. That, that, was, that was it's not even there again. Chairman of Youth Fund is no longer there. They removed they, them. They're no longer they, there. And they, they probably did that for a reason because yeah. chairman of Youth Fund means you have to really focus on grassroots. On you, yes, exactly. So, 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 when you look at all these bodies, each one of those bodies represents a significant part of development of sports, or football specifically, in yeah. the country. And you and I know that to get their votes, they just grease their palms, which is which is which is disturbing because those people, as well, are complicit in the election of someone who comes and takes the football into the drain. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you're chairman of NLO and you're looking at the amateur league system and the amateur league system is in shambles and someone comes and says, listen, my brother, take this envelope, give me your vote. And you say, yes, you just sold out the entire amateur league yeah. for a paycheck. Well, yeah. well, well I, think, I think the issue with this, and you, you bring up a very good point. And I think this is my point that I wanted to make when I looked at the list of candidates that are running for this office. And it goes all the way down even to um, the grassroots level. Are the people running those organizations, are they football people? What do they know about football? You know, so that's the, you know, when you have, it's politicians in these positions for the most part. And correct me if I'm wrong, even all the way down to these grassroots levels that we're talking about. These are appointments. A lot of these offices, especially in the States, are appointed wait, positions. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Mike, are they appointments or are they elected? Okay. Uh, so uh, is, let, 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 me, let me explain a few things to us. If that is where the complications coming, and that is where that is why these guys are agitating. The likes of Aris Injala and the likes of Bariboti are fighting. Now, in trying to be very clever, in trying to be very clever, do you know that three key positions are not elected positions? The chairman of NLU is not elected. He was appointed. Before now, it used to be elected. Under Maju Pinik regime, they were appointed. So the chairman of the present NLO today, his name is Muhammad Al-Kali. 
Akali is a member. Is now listen to me. Akali is the chairman of Nasrawa State Football Association. Okay. He's also the chairman of NNO, meaning wow. that Akali as an individual has two votes. Wow. Going it out of the forty-four, only one person has two votes. Are you getting the game? You're getting the gimmick now. Yeah. Akali as an individual has two votes. The same thing with the chairman of uh, the same thing with the chairman of the NNL. His name is Obina Ogba. Obina Ogba is a senator in the Federal Republic of Nigeria. He's a senator. Obina Ogba is the chairman of the NNL. Unfortunately, the former chairman, um, Chidi Okenwa, died. He died just about a year ago. Now they made Obina Ogba the chairman of the NNL. Obina Ogba is also the chairman of Eboin State FA. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Meaning that Obina Ogba also has two votes. Uh, you, you see the complications. <laughs> now, what they did with that is that they know that they can play with those two. With that, if you get Obina Ogba and you get Alkali to your side, you've already got him four votes. Four votes. You see the dirty politics these guys are playing. Now, they kept those guys there as appointees, not as elected members. They gave them opportunity to be on the board for, for eight years as appointees. So those ones now will show loyalty. They will show loyalty and automatically, anybody Amaju tells them to vote for, they will vote for. The league management chairman is also an appointment. Chair Utiko is also an appoint, appointee of the, of, of the NFF, of the, of, the, of the president. Unfortunately, he's not an FA chairman, so he has one vote. Yeah, yeah, but if Shea Utiko, well, I guess he could vote for himself, obviously, since he's running too. But yeah, he can um, vote for himself. Yeah, yeah everybody that is running for president, Shea Akumitu can also vote for himself. Right. Yeah. Well, but, but, but typically in 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 in, in environments where <laughs> my brother, my brother, I weak in environments where things should be <laughs> organized. You understand? Typically in those environments. Someone like Shea Udiko, you know, I don't know him personally, I have nothing against him, but he shouldn't be allowed to run because, you know, he has a vote, he's voting for himself. He's, no, he has no, a vote. You can he, do that. He, I think that's legally allowed. You can vote for yourself. My, my no, legal, legally, you can vote for yourself. Yeah, I mean, the Even the governors vote for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but you're running, you're running the League Management Committee, committee right? You're, you're in charge company, of yeah. something. Yeah, company, sorry. You're in charge of something, and then you're turning around to contest, and you are appointed. Yeah. There's, there's so many conflicts of interest all over the place. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, but my yeah, biggest thing about Shehu Diko, and I'm sorry he's your friend, uh, Wale, but to me he's failed in his in his role. Yeah, yeah. I have told you, brother, I've told you that he has failed. I told yeah, him so, to so, I say he has so, failed. Yeah. I mean, you, you're free to run, but if you look at your profile, yeah. what are you going to do when you're going? The league is the in the worst level I've seen Nigerian football league in all the times I've followed Nigerian football. And it, it is a direct consequence of decisions being made by the chairman. I'm sure there are extenuating circumstances, COVID and all these other things that have happened over time. But here, this is the truth. This is just the raw data. He's in, he's in, he's in charge. He's in charge. There's no... Uh, came with me. <clears throat> what are his accomplishments of recent? I'm sorry. I'm sure they are. But in, to lead Nigerian football out of the doldrums where we're at right now, we need somebody who's ready to get dirty and get the work done. 
I fear that we, I fear that it doesn't even matter. You see, based on what we've discussed so far, we've come to a point where we have agreed that everybody that worked under Amadou Pinnick should not even contest. They don't have a chance. Because they've been there for eight years with Amadou Pinnick and we discovered that this is the worst, the worst we have ever gotten for our football. We didn't qualify for the World Cup. We went to the Nations Cup. We went out in the second round of the Nations Cup. It has never happened in a very long time. Our women team went to the Alcon and they finished fourth. They even lost to Morocco. I mean, no, 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 that has never happened. Our under 17 team, under 20 team, don't even qualify, qualify. again. They don't, qualify. they don't even qualify. They used to win, but now they don't even qualify. Yeah. Our under 23 team did not qualify for the for the Olympics. Olympics. Uh, it's looking as if we will not qualify. Our Chan team has not qualified for back-to-back Chan Nations Cup. That is a big setback for Nigerian football. It means that the Nigerian league is non-existent. Our teams in continental championship, continental events, CAF continent, played in the CAF, um, CAF um, Champions League and the CAF Cup Winners' Cup, they don't even make it into the group stage again. It shows that the league is gone. We don't have a league. The league is no longer on television. We cannot watch our league on TV. That has oh, it's been no, longer, it's no longer on Super Sport. It used to be on Super Sport. Right? Yeah, it's not on TV. It's not on Super Sport. It's not even on NTA. Wow. That is how bad it is. You understand? So we've come to a point where we have told Chiyo look, you are a friend, but we have discovered that over the years, you have not been able to live up to our expectation. So please, we don't think you can do it. And that is why you see me telling you, sitting down here telling you that if you want me to pick one of those candidates, the only person, even you can accept, based on these credentials, Musa is Musa Amadou. Okay. You understand? Well, but, yeah, but, but, but the thing is, I think, and I, and I hear you, and, and you're not the only person that has mentioned Musa Amadou. Yeah. A, a, a good friend of mine who's also involved in football business out of, uh, he lives in Kaduna. Yeah. And he also says, speaks very highly of Musa Amadou. So I've, I've, I've heard that as well. But I think for us, it's like, okay, the one thing that you've, you've been able to ex do very well, Adewale, is that you've been able to explain the system yeah. in such a way that anyone that listens to this can say, okay, now I see what the problem is. Now I understand why Nigerian football is not making progress. I think in just explaining the system, you know, it, it just because every, every level of what we just discussed is affected by what we just talked about. State FAs, you know, state FAs, amateur leagues, second tier football, premier football, organizing uh, the, 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 the organizers of the premier football, the uh, board members of the federation. It's like it's a big mafia. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. You know, it sounds it like. It's a, it's a cabal. It's, it's, a cabal. It's, it's, it's a cabal. See, you know what FIFA did? It got to a point when FIFA now decided, okay, now, we're going to set up an integrity department in the NFF. They set up an integrity, and the man they made, the, the head of the integrity department, his name is Christian Omero, the same guy that today is contesting for the NFF presidency. Yeah. You understand? Now, Christian Omero used that platform to get into CAF and FIFA and became a member of the security unit. Now, let's come back to Christian Omerua. As the head of the integrity department of the NFF, Christian Omerua now told each of them, now let me give you some of the dirty games you don't understand. The chairman of each state football association, the chairman of each state football association 
now this with the LMC directly. If a referee is coming to Nasrawa State to officiate a match involving Nasrawa United and Atlanta Football Club, the referee will be received by the chairman of the FA. You understand? Now, the chairman of the FA receives the referee and puts him in an hotel. <laughs> he puts <laughs> him in an hotel and goes into that hotel and says, what do you want to eat? He gives him food and he gives him money. And you expect that same referee to go to the field of play and blow against Nasara United. It will not happen. There you go. You see the dirty game. So yeah. now they are now saying that the integrity unit was supposed to check all these things. And the integrity unit has also advised that the chairman of a state FA should not be the chairman of the club. In yeah. some states, the chairman of the FA who receives the referee is also the chairman of the football club. You get this dirty game. Now, yeah, yeah. I am the chairman of Nasara United. I'm also the chairman of the state FA. I'm also going to receive a referee that is coming to blow against my team. What I do as the chairman of the state FA or the chairman of the club is to say, ah, gentlemen, what do you need? We want to win this match at all costs. And the referee tells me, pay my indemnity. Under normal circumstances, it is supposed to be the league body that pays the indemnity of the, of, the, of the referees. But it got to a point where the league body could no longer do that. And they now start talking to the FA to so say, please, help us pay. Yeah. And the FA or the club, after paying, will now tell the referee that, look, I have paid you. Go to the field of play and give me three points. <laughs> and that is what has been happening in the Nigerian league over the years. And the definition of that is match fixing. It's total match fixing. They negotiate everything. They negotiate, they negotiate the points. Yeah, Wally, honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on. I, I, I think we, we're running out of time. But yeah. I want to have you back on uh, as well with Mike. Because this thing has been suspended indefinitely. Yeah. We have to watch this space. Till January. <laughs> <laughs> Probably till January, I mean. You know, I, 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 imagine now look, knowing <laughs> what I know now. I'm looking at this judge that suspended the election. Like, is he really working for us or is he working for Amaju at this point? Because <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, we just have to watch this space. Uh, I don't know what that means for the football. And, you know, I know we have qualifications coming up. You're familiar with U20 and yeah. yeah. So I don't know what that means, how that affects. Because uh, you know, you and I know when elections come, business stops, everything stops. They want to yeah, see John, you John, unfortunately, I woke up very late today. I was, I mean, I slept late yesterday. Some of my guys came visiting. We had a mini party here, so I slept late. I woke up this morning, and I think there's a letter from FIFA. Um, I don't know if I could quickly see that. Um, some somebody posted it because I have, I don't know if you guys. Don't mind. I'm going to add you on the WhatsApp platform I run. No, yeah. There, you're going to get all the information about Nigerian football. And daily, you will know what is happening in Nigerian football. You understand? Yeah. So, on that platform, I saw it this morning that FIFA has instructed the NFF that, look, whatever is happening back home, if, if the reason why people are insisting that this election cannot hold is because they want everybody to be part of it we advise that you should get everybody to be part of the elections. I'm just, I have not read the full details of that message, 
But I think that there's something that just came up. And after this, I'm going to push it to you guys so that you can also see it. And let's see what you guys can pick out of it too. No, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah, we run out of time, but thank you so much. Um, I'll give you Mike's number as well, so you can add him to the thing. I can so put it in the chat in the comments. Yeah, let, let, let's is this is this Mike or you, Eri? Oh, Koro. No, 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 Michael Koro. Michael Koro. Okay, I think I've heard of your name too. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're gonna do a lot together, guy. No, 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 no problem, my yeah. brother. Look, we we'll have to schedule something. This is this is interesting, and um, yeah, I think the next the next, especially since the fact that they suspended his election. Yeah, you know, Nigeria is not without its drama. Drama, but um, drama. I did tell you, but no, no problem. Let's, like I let's... told you, the, the minister is inviting them to a meeting on Tuesday. Now let me tell you what, what might happen at that meeting. At that meeting, the minister will tell them that all of you running for the NFL presidency, this is our position. The the minister is going to make clear the position of the the, the government. It's a government mm -hmm. position. The position of the minister is not that of the minister, it's the government position. I think the government will tell them, look, we are not going to do the election on the 30th of this month. We are going to negotiate with those in court. And in negotiating with them, we will arrive at this position with them. Because we discover that you guys are not willing. The ministry has told them to negotiate over the years. They refuse to negotiate. Now, it has gotten to the point where the minister will not tell them, look, government is going to negotiate with these people. And whatever we agree is what we stand. You understand? Mm -hmm. So that our football will not continue to suffer. We will sit down with them and we negotiate. And whatever we negotiate, government will tell you guys, since FIFA has insisted that this is, um, this is an internal matter, Go and settle it internally. We want to do it. We want to settle it internally now. Whatever we agree with these guys, we will propose it to the Congress. And we expect that the Congress will approve it. And once the Congress approves it, if it is approved before the end of this month, we can now advise the Congress to sit and fix another date. My brother, if the Congress fix another date for the election and this thing has been approved, this court, this case can be withdrawn from court in the next few days, and we can still have the election in October. We can have the election before the end of October. You understand? Yeah. This whole idea of election we hold in January does not exist. They are only advising or insisting that once you get us back, back to the system, you can fix a date for the election, and we're ready to go for the election. 100%. And yeah. Thank you, guys. All the best. And... Uh... I, I will definitely have to do this again. Thank you so much. Buddy. Thank you so much.